how much value could you add? How much time could you save? How much confusion could you save by your communications being clear, concise and practiced so that when people make decisions and put them into operation, everybody knows exactly what is being said, what is meant by it and what to do in that circumstance. Hi, and welcome to Helping You Perform. I'm your host, Paul Teasdale. Over a career working with high-performing teams from across the globe, including seven years working with Formula One team McLaren, I've learned a lot about what it takes to drive results. In this weekly podcast series, I'm going to be bringing you tips, tricks, and insights from the world of Formula One that you can apply for your organization for your own high performance. Enjoy. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode 11 of the Helping You Perform podcast series. I hope you enjoyed episode 10, which is all about innovation and improvement in the world of Formula One and what you can do to apply some of those learnings for yourself. If you haven't had a chance, I do recommend going back and listening to that one. It's had a lot of feedback. It's had a lot of questions come my way. And just if any of you have any questions, any feedback, any thoughts, please either drop a note in the comments or contact me directly. Go via the website at paulteasdale.co.uk. I'd love to hear your thoughts as to what you're doing, how you're applying some of these lessons, some of the challenges you might be having with applying them. Please do get in touch and I can see how I can add value. Today's episode is all about a critical element of any operation, no matter what your organisation and that is communication. Now, in the spirit of the lessons of this uh, pod, uh, podcast episode, I want to keep this clear and concise. So we might have a quite short, snappy episode today. So I want to pick out some of those communication lessons that I picked up on during my time working for McLaren. What does it mean in the world of Formula One? How are those communication uh, channels and, and protocols being put into practice? And what can it mean to you? How can you apply some of those lessons for yourself? It was one of the key things that I first sort of noticed as I was getting the opportunity to look behind the curtain and see the operation as it happened was to just how practiced and deliberate communication was as a skill in the world of McLaren. Not only in terms of what's said and how it's said, but also in terms of how are the communication channels set up in terms of who gets to speak to who? What are the hierarchies? What are the protocols surrounding how to communicate in the race environment in particular? Now, this was really critical in that world, because when you've got a race, there's so much pressure, there's so much going on that when decisions are being made or communication needs to happen, you need to make sure that those decisions are getting communicated in the right way throughout the organization to the right places so that the right things are happening at pace. So for an example, if you're trying to decide that this is the lap in which you want to pit the car, or if you're reacting to a, an accident on track, maybe there's a safety car or something's uh, going on, and it's, do I pit now or not? First and foremost, what's happening in those circumstances has been practiced. It's been talked through by the team and those scenarios have been worked through to say, what happens if? 
And if you go back to um, some of the previous uh, episodes, you'll hear I talked about this from a world of um, the armed forces, which they call action on. So what action do we take in the, in the situation where this happens, if we get ambushed, if we, um, an insurgent comes in, if, if we come across a, an IED or whatever it might be. So those scenarios that you know are a possibility or even a strong probability in your organization, what do we do when that happens? How are we gonna make the decision and what language and what protocols are we gonna take in order to get that decision to the operation? So a couple of key things to pull out from that in terms of what was happening and what is happening behind the scenes in a Formula One team. Firstly, the chatter, the discussions that are happening are behind the scenes. So in mission control, you'll have a, a strategist, you'll have a strategy team, you'll have different specialist engineers and different levels of input coming through. through. So when they're discussing those uh, opportunities or those things that are happening in the race, they are making a decision and talking amongst themselves in terms of right what's happening now with the tire wear is that where we thought it was going to be how does that affect our decisions uh, against what we planned we plan to pit in three laps time is that still the right decision based on what we know how does that fit in with the engine wear is that something else that's happening what's our competition doing and so there's lots of discussion that's happening around the place about making that decision as to whether or not to pit now, when it comes to that decision that's been made, the strategist makes their decision, they're clear and concise, and they go, right, we're going to pit in this lap. That needs to be communicated to the driver, the person who's actually doing the operation and who actually puts that decision into practice. Now, it might seem a little counterintuitive, but there's an extra step that's put in at this stage. You might think that the more steps that you've got in place, the more chances there are for miscommunication, which is true. And also it slows the operation or the communication down, which is also true. But it mitigates a massive risk, which I'll come to in a minute. And that extra step is that the strategist talks to the race engineer. So the strategist is sitting in mission control. The race engineer is trackside at track and they maybe have a bit more information. They might see where the rain is on track or they might see the clouds in the sky, something else that the uh, strategist hasn't seen. And the race engineer is then the only person who gets to communicate directly with the driver. Now that's the critical step that adds a step in, but also mitigates a huge risk. And that risk is the driver does not need to hear all of the noise that's going on in the background. All the driver needs to know is deliver the operation in front of you. And when a decision has been made as to what to do next, they get told exactly what to do. And they use clear and concise and practiced communication protocols so that the race engineer isn't saying something like, mm, maybe we need to pit in the next couple of laps looks like there's been an accident, something needs uh, to happen, maybe pitting now would be a good idea. I've talked to uh, to Barry and Jane in the uh, in strategy uh, team and they think it should be this, I think it's that. The driver doesn't need to hear all this. All the driver needs to hear is box, 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 box. Whatever your communication protocol is, you might decide to say things three times, you might just say box is usually the, the terminology used for going to go into the pits. You might have a different um, 
word or phrase that's practiced amongst your team that means something to you. But critically, when it's said, the driver knows exactly what to do and just puts that into operation. There isn't time for discussion at that stage. There isn't time for second guessing. We just communicate, do, learn later. So imagine, what does this mean? What, what does this mean to your organization? How much value could you add? How much time could you save? How much confusion could you save by your communications being clear, concise, and practiced? So that when people make decisions and put them into operation, everybody knows exactly what is being said, what is meant by it, and what to do in that circumstance. So what can you do in your team to start to think about this, to understand where's the communication potentially either diminishing value or has an opportunity to add value if we get it even better? So what I'd like you to do is to start thinking about those, particularly the, the standard communication channels that are happening, the standard decisions, the standard things that happen in your organization. How are you going to make sure that when you make those decisions and when your team makes those decisions and they're communicated down, that they are happening in the right way and are clear and concise? Have you talked them through with your team so that everybody is really clear as to what that means? As always, if you want to think about this in a bit more detail, you want to talk to me about it, you want to understand what else I can bring to your organization or to your team, you want to just have a chat about some of the experiences that I've had, get yourself along to paulteasdale.co.uk. There is a uh, opportunity, there's a button for setting up a free, absolutely no obligation, 30 minute chat, where all I want to do is add value back to you and we can take things from there and see that where that conversation takes us. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Really want you to think about communication in your organization and what you can do to improve it so that you are being clear and concise and understood. I'd love to hear your stories. Please get in touch. As I said, today's episode is going to be punchy, short episode today. Following episodes, I'm going to be coming up with some other topics. As always, if you've got anything specific you'd like me to cover off, please get in touch and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Helping You Perform podcast. If you found value in this episode, please take a moment to like, share or review the podcast. You can reach out to me at any time, either through LinkedIn or through my website at www.paulteasdale.co.uk. I look forward to speaking to you in the next episode.